Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name's Reverend Ian Smith, Senior Minister at Billericay Baptist Church, and it's great to welcome you uh, to this Sunday morning service, which is a special service uh, because it's the first Sunday, although we're in November, of Advent. Uh, Advent means uh, arrival or arrive in, and in the Christian calendar, that's talking about Christ who came into the world and Christ who will come again. And there was huge anticipation uh, about when he first came into the world, and there's obviously anticipation when he'll come again. Massive excitement. Uh, and why was it the excitement? Is the one who's going to change the world. He's the one who still changes the world now. Jesus Christ, hope of the nations. He's the hope that the Bible says lives in me and in you as we're followers of Christ. He is the light in whom we trust. So what we do is remind ourselves of this as we run up to Christmas Day when we light the centre candle for Christ's light of the world. Uh, we light a candle each week and there's a theme each week. And this week, the theme uh, for First Advent Sunday is hope. And we're going to speak about what does hope mean for the follower of Jesus. So I'm going to light the candle and then I'm going to pray. And this first candle will be for the candle of hope. And then as the weeks go on, we'll light the others, culminating in lighting the Christ candle on Christmas Day. So this is going to be representing the candle of hope. Father, we thank you that we can come together in all sorts of different ways, through all sorts of technology, but we know, Lord, that we are connected because we call you Father. We know we can call you Father because what Jesus has done for us, and that we are part of one huge family. And as we're in this season of Advent now, we look forward with anticipation for Christmas Day, that day that's set aside to mark the birth of Jesus, the one who was born a baby, who became a king and is Lord over all. And we also acknowledge, Lord, this is a season when we look forward to him coming back, returning. And so we also wait with eager expectation and anticipation. As we look at the theme of hope this morning, we pray, Lord, that you would fill us with your hope. Fill us with your joy and your peace, your love. Help us to be your light of the world. So as we open up scripture, your word, we pray that you'll speak into our hearts. We pray, Holy Spirit, come now. Make this real to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, yeah, the Advent season. Uh, I love Christmas. Uh, I love looking forward to Christmas. Um, It's a great time of excitement. For some, it's a time of pain. Uh, For some, uh, it doesn't have great memories and they might be looking, they've lost a loved one or... Uh, They're lonely, but we can always speak about Christ, the hope who came into the world. Jesus, hope of the nations. He is the hope living in you and me. He is the light in whom we trust. And this first Sunday, we're going to talk about that hope. And everywhere you look, and particularly this year, but not only this year, people are looking for hope. Um, Recently, this very past week, uh, lots of excitement because there's a hope for a vaccine against this horrid virus. Uh, There's hope for health. There's hope for the economy. We're hoping, hoping, hoping. But there's no guarantees. Um, The Christian hope is something much deeper than maybe wishful thinking. Uh, On a less serious note, uh, recently Tottenham Hotspurs played West Ham. And as you know, Gary and Tom are are big Spurs fans, which that's good for them. 
Um, and uh, yeah, we were losing West Ham 3-0 by half-time. And it was amazing because I realised that both of them were on unlimited text plans because they couldn't stop messaging me to share the good news that Tottenham were beating West Ham at half-time 3-0. Experience has taught me as a West Ham fan never to count your chickens uh, because there's been times when we've been up, and particularly with Spurs, uh, where things can change. And of course, the second half started, and I think it was Gary who confidently said, oh, it's a shame, I'd expected more goals. And the text kept coming through in this unlimited talk plan, really good communication. And then West Ham scored uh, a goal, and then another goal, and, and, and suddenly things were less uh, definite. And of course, uh, last minute of the game, West Ham scored again. It was 3-3. And I'm not sure what happened. Um, I think the network went down because the text dried up and I didn't hear from Tom or Gary for a number of days. That's hope in a kind of secular sense, in a jokey way. It's, it's a longing for saying, oh, it might happen, it might not. But there's no guarantees. What I want to talk about, what does it mean for us? Why are we so excited about Advent? Why, where does that excitement come from? It's because Jesus came and walked on this earth, God himself, And he is going to come again and we can look forward to that with eager anticipation. That's Christian hope. And we are people of Christian hope. The followers of Jesus can never have to give up hope because we know we're putting our trust in him. What does it mean for us this morning as God's Advent people? People with anticipation, excitement and hope for the future. I want to read to you some of the great I am sayings of Jesus. Jesus pointed unashamedly to himself, knowing that when he says, I am, I am, I am, he echoes in the Old Testament when God was asked for his name, who do I say you are? He says, I am, I am who I am. So when Jesus says this, he's effectively saying he is God. So look at these I am sayings. I am the Alpha and the Omega, he said, the beginning and the end. Everything is wrapped up in him. He said, I am the door or the gate. The way we we can come to know God the Father is only through him. He said, I am the true vine. Uh, The vine was an ancient symbol of Israel. So he was saying, I am the true Israel, I'm the true vine. And we must stay abiding and connected to the true vine to bear great fruit. He says, I'm I'm not going to leave you. I'm the good shepherd. He's someone that we follow and we trust. He guides us through life. He said, I'm the bread of life in a world that gives us many gadgets, which I love, and cars and TVs and everything else, motorbikes, definitely. Um, None of that's really going to fulfill. He is the bread of life. He's the only one who can fill the gaps in our life. And he said, I'm the resurrection and the life, answering the questions of what happens after we die. We go to be in heaven with him forever. He said, I'm the way. He gives us the direction, the truth and the life. And he said, I am the light of the world. Amazing. He points to himself. This is why we have anticipation. This is the God who we serve. This is the Jesus who shows us the way. This is why there is so much excitement, especially in this time of Advent, the longing for him to come again and make all things new. Let me read to you from John chapter 1, often uh, a passage read around Christmas time. And uh, let's uh, use this as a, as a way to look at what hope means for us in these challenging times. So John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. And when they say the Word, they're talking about Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus. He's the pre-existent Christ. He was before all things. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He is God. He was with God in the beginning. 
Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. That's God's intention, that all of us would put our faith in Jesus Christ. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to all those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's why we're a family. Children born of not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus came on this earth and he will come again. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we talk about Jesus coming into the world and he will come again and all the great I am sayings. But there was one I am saying where he also gives us that title as well. Um, when, it, when he says, I'm the light of the world, he also says to us in Matthew 5 verse 14, you are the light in the world. And he says in verse 16, let your light shine. You're glowing like the stars in the sky. It, it gives huge, they give huge light sometimes into a dark world. That candle, if I turned off all the lights in this room, you would see it, it would shine. And Christ's light shines across the earth. That passage from John's Gospel, talking about the light of Jesus. And of course Jesus says, but you're the light of the world as well. So in these troubled times, the Christian, the follower of Jesus, we must be people of hope. Not some whimsical, fanciful hope that West Ham might draw or even beat Tottenham one day, kind of wishful thinking, but an assured hope. And we live in a cynical world. There's lots of people, even at Christmas time, turn a blind eye to God. You could say that everyone's on the make, out to get you. There's cynicism even in faith. People don't believe, they don't care, or they're intentionally against it. If you could strip that down further to one faith, our faith, the Christian faith, sometimes I feel the image can be one of weakness and defeatism, apathetic. But it's not the reality. But the temptation is to speak of hope in maybe a way that's almost mythical. And it's more about that wishful thinking. I hope things will be okay. I hope I'm right about Jesus. I hope the church won't shrink. I hope we might see a glimpse of power. I hope I'm loved by God. I hope, I hope, I hope. That's not the biblical definition of hope. That's a whimsical definition of hope. The world's definition of hope, the biblical definition of hope, is a confident expectation. Confident expectation. I hope I'm right about Jesus. I am 
right about Jesus. I hope the church won't shrink Well, the church is growing globally at the fastest rate since the resurrection. I hope we have a bit of power. You have the power of God the Holy Spirit within you. I hope I'm loved by God. God loves you so much he gave his son for you. I hope, I hope, I hope I'm confident, confident, confident. The New Testament idea of hope is the recognition that in Christ is found so many fulfilment of Old Testament prophecies. Matthew 12, 21 says, in his name, the nations will put their hope. So many people are putting their hope in other things and other things can let you down. It's in his name we have to put our hope for this life and the next. We put our hope in him for new birth in John chapter 3. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. So we have that hope that assured, confident expectation that we will see the kingdom of God, but we must be born again. We must become Christians, followers of Jesus, that spiritual rebirth. We have the hope, the confident expectation of redemption. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. I've been redeemed. I've been paid for. Someone had to pay for my wrongdoings. Jesus says, I will. I redeem you. I set you free. And he forgives me. And it's not left there. That's when that's being saved from the penalty of sin, which is death. He also changes me. The theological term, sanctification. And Paul explains this to King Agrippa in Acts 26, 17 to 18. He's explaining to Agrippa the, the mission that Jesus commissioned him to do. He said this. Jesus said this, I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are being sanctified by faith in me. Sanctified or sanctification is becoming more like Jesus, changing into his likeness. And look, look around the world. The world needs it. I look in the press and the papers, there's horrific atrocities going on. Villages being ransacked, people killed, butchered to death, cut in pieces, murder, pillage, rape, killings, abuse of power. All this as people turn away from God. But we have a hope All these things I mentioned, the redemption, the sanctification, the being saved, the new birth, that's the assured hope that the Christian has. And part of our sanctification is to help redeem the world, draw them closer back to God. And we have a purpose in life. And by contrast, those who do not place their trust in God, and are said said in the Bible to be without any hope, think you can make it in your own strength, think you can earn your way to heaven, you have no hope. You have to trust Christ. But the Christian, for me and for you, the follower of Jesus, you are a person of hope, and especially in these challenging times. That's a great message to give people, to get them to look forward, to get looked forward to change, that things will be better. Romans 15, verses 12 to 13, quotes, uh, Paul quotes Isaiah 11, verse 10. He says this, And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. He goes on then, Paul, to say in verse 13, May the God of hope 
So God is a God of hope. So as followers of God, becoming more like Jesus, becoming more like God, we're a people of hope, confident expectation. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me read that again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Confident expectation, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see how hope is the floodgate to other things? May the God of hope fill you with all joy, with all peace. Then there'll be two more of the candles we light in the next few weeks. Advent candles. God is a God of hope. So therefore, as a Christian, I should be a person of hope, a person of confident expectation. Confident expectation I can receive joy and peace, even when I don't understand. I have my own challenges in life and you'll have yours, but I know that I can trust Jesus. And because of that, whatever happens to me, I never give up hope. And it does sadden me when people of faith, something something happens in life and it's like they've turned the switch off. They lose all hope. There's an acceptance of the cynicism of the world. They doubt everything. They disregard God. He's not working for me, so I'm not worshipping him. And may even stop coming to church as some form of protest, and Satan loves it. But we're called to be a people of hope in that sometimes cynical world. Of course, life isn't always great. I know that, and you'll know that. Although it has to be said in this country, we have it better than most. In fact, the major church growth is, is among people that have got it a lot worse off than us. Because they have to trust, they have to hope, they have to have that confident expectation. Not everybody is healed, everything won't always be okay, but when I put my troubles against the hope that is found in God, and he gives that to me, that's where I can find that joy and peace. Let me read to you from Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus... By new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly, and this is a challenge, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, that's a challenge at the moment, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end, the light of the world, the bread of life, the true vine, the resurrection and the life, the good shepherd. I must put all of my hope in him. And my challenge and your challenge is to hold in these Advent times and these troubling times to hold unswervingly to that hope that we profess. Sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's easy. It takes determination and it's a decision. I will not give in. A few years ago, uh, I was on a skiing holiday. It's actually my son's uh, 18th birthday. And um, I was eating and I started choking and it got quite serious and... Uh, there's things were blocked and I was rushed to hospital. Um, turned out, I found out later, it was a maternity hospital. They had to send out for a surgeon to come 
and perform an operation on me. And uh, as I was being wheeled in, I remember seeing the tool that they were going to use to stick down uh, my throat and cold away down. And uh, I was a bit nervous. And Andrew probably had the worst of it for me because I was kind of in and out and, and, and uh, just coughing um, stuff up. It's amazing how much saliva you swallow. And when you can't swallow, um, just try it for a minute. You'll, you'll, you'll know what I mean. Um, but there was a moment, and I was on the bed, and I was being wheeled in. I was just about to put me under uh, with the anaesthetic. And uh, as I was going in, I was telling Andrew where all our passcodes were for everything. Um, probably being a bit overdramatic, but it, it felt serious at the time. And I remember praying and, and just really handed everything over to Jesus. My kids, my mum and dad, my in-laws, my relatives, my wife, um, all the concerns... I handed it over to him and I had a confident expectation that whatever happened, he would take care of it. And I have to say, the peace and the calm came, I was assured. And that's the promise that he gives us. That if we put our hope in him, we can find that supernatural peace. And so I choose to hope in him. In good times, I will hope in him. In bad times, I'm going to hope in him. I'm going to have that confident expectation. In times when the outcome is bad... I'll continue to hope in him. In a cynical world, I'm going to keep my hope in him. And in my frustrations, my failings, my achievements, my questions, my doubts, my dreams, my goals, my expectations, I will confidently hope in him. For my family, for the church, for society, for the world, I will hope in him with confident expectation. Not a wishful thinking hope, but that confidence that can only come from him. And let's call this time out for what it is um, I, I, I love being evangelistic and mission focused and I love the idea of church without walls and people out there doing everything they can do which is fantastic and I hear sometimes a little bit of disquieting stuff normally from some parachurch organisations that this is the new church this is what it is it can't just be about the buildings and I agree all of that but let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater let's call it out for what it is we miss meeting together We miss gathering, and part of church is gathering. It is gathering together as a family. Wouldn't it be a travesty if none of us missed it? What would it say? It's like me saying, oh, I don't miss meeting my mum and dad. It It would say there was no love there. Of course we miss it. And so it's a difficult time. But don't give up hope. There's a confident expectation. We will meet again. This is difficult, but don't give up hope. Our Advent mission is to live that hope out, to shine like Jesus shined and calls us and calls you to be the light of the world, to show a different way, a confident way. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 says, God has chosen to make known Christ in you, the hope of glory, that confident expectation. So verse 28 and 29, so we proclaim him, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labour, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. You, in this Advent time and beyond, are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Be people of hope, of confident expectation. Always be prepared to say why you've got that hope. 1 Peter 3.15 But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who gives, who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Do this with gentleness and respect. So keep shining. Advent, hopeful, hopeful expectation, being determined. 
echoing what one of the great prophets of the Old Testament said in Micah, chapter 7, verse 7. As we recognise that Jesus came once on this earth and that he will come again, and in the meantime he lives with us by his Spirit, we can say along with the prophet Micah, but as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for my God, my Saviour. My God will hear me. So be blessed. Go out and be the blessing. Keep hope. Keep that confident expectation. Keep shining. God bless you.